everybody, welcome to the podcast. So it's been a few days, uh, not as much as I'd like to talk about on today's episode, but I thought we'd go ahead and uh, put one out there. So um, obviously hockey's going to be starting up actually today, so a lot of big hockey news leading up to today. Uh, one of them was actually kind of a surprise, uh, tweeted out by Bob McKenzie on the 1st. Detroit actually released P.A. Perrantu, who's a former Maple Leaf, uh, from his uh, offer that he was given. Um, so kind of a surprise given the fact that Detroit's kind of in a rebuild mode. Uh, I think they could use veterans like Peronto, but um, he, I guess, didn't really impress them, so he's now, again, a free agent. Uh, Billionaire Mindset tweeted out, Give up on your fears, not your dreams. So I thought that that was pretty sage advice. And then there was this tweet from Liam Lambert, uh, who tweeted that the difference between September 30th versus October 1st, so you've got Husky Harris. Uh, for wrestling fans, that was Bray Wyatt originally, when he came out of NXT as a member of Nexus, uh, to the Bray Wyatt that everybody knows today. Um, then, unfortunately, we can't play this clip, because number one, it's like 30 minutes long. But I do recommend everybody go to twitter.com slash thejohndnewton and check out. Um, there's a video, not really a video, but it's audio, of uh, Opie and Anthony episode where Dice Clay uh, and Shane McMahon kind of butted heads. It was really, really funny, and I highly recommend it. Um, if you're a fan of either wrestling or, you know, comedy, um, you know, this is really, really worth listening to, so I highly recommend it. Um... Then there was a tweet from uh, Donald Trump where he was saying that uh, Rex Tillerson don't waste your energy uh, when it comes to negotiations with North Korea. Uh, so Abraham Denmark tweeted out, how can any diplomat from Tillerson to Joe Yun have any credibility with North Koreans, Russians, Chinese, or allies? And I think that's true. Um, you know, these guys are trying to negotiate in good faith, and then it's, like, undermined by what Donald Trump is tweeting. Um, I can't imagine how frustrating that is for those individuals or, you know, for the U.S. government in general. Um, just total craziness right now in the U.S. Um, then there was this tweet from uh, Tim and Sid. They said, happy moments come and go, but the memories last forever. And it's an image there of Jose Batista with the infamous uh, bat flip. Um, I think if you look at that image, I was saying that that could be like a future Canada Post stamp right there, because um, it very much looks like that, although it was like a, a frame, so they didn't mean for it to look like a stamp. But to me, I think that would be a really cool stamp for Canada Post to, to you know, f produce in the future. Um, Then there was this ad, which I'd totally forgotten about until I saw a comedian talking about it, and it brought me back um, just crazy stuff um, during the Hillary versus Trump campaign. But one of the things that happened was Hillary actually did, and I do remember this, she paid for an ad that was saying, you know, do you want your kids to see 
this, and it was basically showing Donald Trump cursing and, you know, the way Donald Trump is. Um, but what kills me is she paid for this ad, and it played during the day so that kids could see it. So it kind of defeated its own purpose. Um, but I wanted to play that for you guys so you could get a sense of what I'm talking about here. The old days, you know what they used to do to guys like that when they were in a place like this? They'd be carried out on a stretcher, folks. And you can tell them to go themselves. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? It's like incredible. When Mexico sends its people, they're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists. You know, you could see there was blood coming out of her eyes. Uh, blood coming out of her wherever. You gotta see this guy. Oh, I don't know what I said. Oh, I don't remember. He's going like, I don't remember. Our children and grandchildren will look back at this time at the choices we are about to make, the goals we will strive for, the principles we will live by, and we need to make sure that they can be proud of us. That's so creepy to watch um, in hindsight, um, but I think the comedian's right. Like it's kind of counterproductive to have that that um, that type of ad where you're saying like, you know, is is this what you want your kids to hear? And you're paying for this ad that is being shown during the day. Um, so I think that that comedian definitely hit on something there. Um, So yesterday started the Major League Baseball postseason uh, with the AL Wild Card game, and it was quite a game. Uh, for those of you guys that didn't see it, uh, the Yankees it looked like were in trouble because uh, in the top of the first inning they had already let three runs score. They'd taken their starter out of the game. Um, you know, I was ready for the discussion from the New York media about how the Wild Card game should be more than one game, um, but. Somehow, New York was able to come back and win it, um, which was very interesting. Uh, tonight's game, obviously, Colorado versus Arizona, the National League wildcard game. Um, but all of these games for the wildcard are on at night. They're on starting at 8 o'clock at night. Um, and I was just tweeting on that, brain-dropping, saying, um, remember when postseason games were on during the day? Whatever happened to that, you know? Um, Mark Berman tweeted out, uh, this is from obviously October 2nd, uh, what happened in Las Vegas. Uh, at the time they were saying 50 were dead. I believe that number's up to at least 58 now, unfortunately. Uh, more than 400, I know it's way more than that now, hospitalized after mass shooting on the Las Vegas Strip. So, um, you know, when I was looking at topics for this podcast, obviously Las Vegas was a major one, um, but it's one where I, I'm debating with myself like how far we want to go into this topic. Um, number one, because unfortunately, and I, I don't know if I'm the only one that feels this way, but I feel like this is happening so much that in a really callous and sickening way, you, you have sympathy, you have you know your thoughts and prayers with the victims and the families of the victims 
of incidents like this but at the same time it's like it's happening so often now that a part of you feels numb to it and I think that that's very telling of how bad the situation has become not just in the U.S. but I think around the world but particularly in the U.S. Um, the fact that it's happening so often now where it used to mean more to people you know and it's not because I don't believe that people aren't good genuinely good it's that it's happening so often that people have become numb to it and I think that I'm one of those people um, you know and it's not to say that I don't care about it or fear or you know worry about the, the, the victims and their, their families it's to say that something really needs to be done about it you know um, it's happening way too often you know the impact that the Columbine shootings had on people you could feel it viscerally right because it wasn't like an everyday occurrence but now you know you've got what's going on here you've got the Charlie Hebdo shootings in France um, you know things are happening so often now that it's hard to describe and that's why like I, I wasn't really sure like how far I would want to go into it on this podcast but I just feel like in general uh, the media has become desensitized to it. I think desensitized is the word that I'm looking for. Um, the media has become desensitized to these issues. I think the general public has become desensitized to these issues. Um, a, a loss of a single life is is not good, but um, you just kind of feel like something as horrific as this doesn't have the same meaning or the same impact as it used to um, because it's happening so frequently. And you kind of see it in politics now where it's kind of like brushed off where people are going, oh, you know, this is not the time to talk about uh, doing anything with guns. You know, um, I personally believe that it's a combination of issues. I think guns is a part of it. Yes. Um, but I also think that mental health is a part of it as well. So I kind of hear both sides and I don't understand why both sides can't come to an agreement because... I think it's a bit of both, um, although I think the people that are pointing to mental health are kind of looking at it from the wrong perspective. Uh, it seems like they're thinking that, oh, mental health, that can be solved with pills. The problem is, is that the majority of these mass shootings, the people that are the, the shooters, tend to be people that are already on SSRIs, um, so prescription drugs for mental health. So. You know, I think more research needs to be done in terms of SSRIs. They haven't been around that long. The impact that it has on people with mental health issues, um, you know, I think more needs to be done in that arena. I think uh, more restrictions on guns, I think, is definitely necessary, especially on the type of guns being used. Um, you know, background checks, although I believe from what I've heard in the news uh, that this particular shooter in Las Vegas uh, pass the background check uh, for the guns um, but maybe we should be looking at what types of guns are being sold like are these guns that could really be used for hunting or are these automatic assault weapons that you know police don't even have um, you know are those things that we want to see on the streets so I think that that's a discussion that should be had um, every time that one of these situations happen that nothing occurs, there's no public debate, there's nothing going on in politics, um, 
it's worrying because in the, in the, at the end of the day, it makes you wonder, like, how bad does it have to get before something changes? Um, and for me personally, I don't believe it's just a matter of restricting gun use. I think it's also a matter of investigating mental health, um, but not just in the sense of medic medicating those that are sick, but in terms of researching what that medication actually does and what are the side effects, because so many of the people that are doing these shootings are on SSRIs, and that's not something that's really talked about by the media. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot to that story, and, you know, I, I won't go into much more than that on this podcast about that subject, but that's generally how I feel about that. Um, interesting tweet from Uberfax on a much lighter note. Um, it says that when you fall in love, you lose an average of two close friends. And I thought that was an interesting tweet um, because I've seen that personally in my life, but I, I find it weird that people that you consider close would change their relationship with you because you found somebody that you liked. It, it's a weird situation, but I think that there is some truth to that. So I thought, you know, that was an interesting tweet from Uberfax. Um, interesting retweet here from Chris Black. Uh, the Blue Jays season obviously done, talking about Major League Baseball postseason. Uh, there was a tweet from John Morosi way back that said that the Rockies had interest in Blue Jays starter Marcus Stroman, uh, but Toronto isn't willing to trade him for Charlie Blackman straight up. Uh, so Chris Black took that tweet, retweeted it, and said, uh, given Blackman Stroman's respective 2017 seasons and the Jays' offensive woes, this tweet from last December is pretty interesting, and I would agree. I don't know if the Blue Jays would be willing to trade Marcus Stroman right now, especially what's going on with, with Sanchez. Um, the blisters issue seems to be a very real concern. Um, maybe if they can make it Sanchez for Blackman, that might be something, but I couldn't really see the Blue Jays trading Stroman right now. I think that Stroman has emerged after this year as their top pitcher. Um, which is surprising, I think, for a lot of people because I think a lot of people had hopes for Estrada, who had an average at best season. Uh, maybe they thought Hap would be able to put up what he did before. Um, but I think Stroman had probably the best, uh, best numbers out of the starting rotation for the Blue Jays. So I don't know if they would be willing to move him out, but... Um, It'll be interesting to see what the Blue Jays do this offseason. That could be a possibility. Uh, so very interesting tweet there uh, and retweet from Chris Black. Uh, Eugene Scott tweeted out, uh, we will talk slightly more about Las Vegas. Um, Eugene Scott tweeted out that Trump quoted uh, Psalm 3418 to comfort Las Vegas victims. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Um, so... You know, that definitely has meaning, um, but again, what are you getting out of politicians right now when it comes to this issue? Uh, words are nice, and obviously those words are very nice considering the circumstances, but where is the action for this, you know? Um, that's what I would ask at this point. And then there was this story, um, you know, this has been a pretty rough uh, beginning to a week uh, with what happened in Las Vegas and also uh, with Tom Petty. 
Um, so unfortunately, uh, Tom Petty did pass away. Um, you know, I, I can't say enough about uh, how great of a person and musician Tom Petty was and the influence that he's had on so many people, myself included. Uh, obviously, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, so many great songs. Um, you know, every episode of the podcast, I always play a song on the guitar. Um, you know, I was trying to see if I could learn how to play any of his songs, because there's so many great ones. Uh, you think about uh, learning to fly, uh, you know, you, th you think about uh, free falling, um, refugee, um, you know, won't back down. There's so many great songs, and those are just a, like a handful of, of many that I know of. Um, that he's had so many great music videos. I think it was interesting to see um, how many people remembered when he had the, the Mad Hatter music video. Um, he, he was such a talented artist and he seemed like such a great person as well. Um, I, I think that he will definitely be missed um, by his fans, myself included. Um, you know, he was still making great music even at his age. Um, which is not easy to do. You think about all of the prolific songs that he's had throughout his career. Um, it, one of the things that was interesting to me about Tom Petty um, is recently I was watching the music documentary uh, Sound City with uh, Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters and Nirvana. And uh, Tom Petty was featured very heavily in that, um, obviously because he was recording there a lot. Uh, both individually and also with his band and uh, he just continued and even in that documentary to seem like such a great guy and um, you know such a talented musician and uh, if, if you haven't seen that documentary Sound City I highly recommend it I think it's one of the best documentaries that I've seen not just for music but any type of documentary um, it just a lot of fun to see these artists talk about um, how they recorded their music and, and the influence that that had uh, on them and uh, to the fans and um, yeah like I, uh, I, I definitely will miss uh, Tom Petty as I know a lot of his fans will um, it, it always stinks when you lose uh, anybody but especially really talented people like him um, you know, you, you feel like there's a void there, you know, um, so he will definitely be missed, and, uh, yeah, like, uh, I, I wish I was talented enough to play, uh, any of his songs, but as I was saying, I was looking at how to play any of his songs, and I just couldn't really figure it out, so, um, I went with Iron Man in the intro instead, um, a song that I already knew how to play, but, um, yeah, like, I, he will definitely be missed, for sure. Um, then there was this bit of news, going back to the NHL on a much lighter note. Um, Yarmir Yager has been looking for a team for quite some time. Uh, he did find one in the Calgary Flames. Uh, kind of an interesting match there. Um, what I didn't know until a couple of days ago is that Yarmir Yager is actually just 57 games away 
from playing the most career NHL games, beating even Gordy Howe. And Gordy Howe, for those of you that don't remember, he was playing, you know, with gray hair. He was playing up against Wayne Gretzky. Um, it seemed like he played forever. Um, but yeah, Yarmir Yager is just 57 games away. If he can do it, that would be unbelievable. Uh, to me, I always felt like Gordy Howe's record for games played was almost more untouchable than any of Gretzky's records. But Yarmir Yager has a chance to actually beat Gordy Howe's, if you want to call it like an Ironman career challenge there um just incredible uh the fact that he's even that close is incredible but the fact that he could actually beat it with 57 games or more this season and obviously the nhl season's 82 games so if he can stay healthy and stay in the lineup he's got a real shot at it um also what i found interesting is that it was actually snowing in calgary on the second as well so uh, some pretty crazy weather there in the mountains um Speaking of Yarmir Yager, this was his tweet. He said, look, I just told my cat there's a chance to play in the NHL this year. <laughs> so very funny uh, image there from uh, Yarmir Yager. Uh, Joe Rogan tweeted out a really crazy article from CNN uh, that there was an early ancient chimpanzee that they believe is to blame for genital herpes. Uh, so really crazy article there from CNN. And another crazy article uh, from Live Science was saying that uh, during the dinosaur era, they had five times the amount of carbon dioxide that we have today. Uh, so I thought that that was an interesting article as well. And then TDE Wrestling tweeted out, Roman Reigns can't believe that Hell in a Cell is this Sunday either, and you can't really see it too well on the screen there, but uh, Roman Reigns, it looks like he's looking straight down at uh, where there's like an advertisement for Hell in a Cell live this Sunday on the WWE Network, so uh, pretty funny <laughs> catch there uh, by TDE Wrestling. Um, then there was another weird article I saw from CNN that said 500,000 elderly people go missing in China every year. Uh, so quite the read there, very crazy stuff in China. And another interesting article uh, from the Daily Mail is BMW is presenting its self-balancing bike that needs no helmet. Uh, so really crazy look. Um, it looks a lot like the motorcycle um, in the Dark Knight movies, um, but really, really crazy design and the claim that it's self-balancing so that you don't need a helmet, definitely worth the read on Daily Mail. And another really cool tweet from Uberfax, uh, they were saying that a study has found it's more stressful to be a waiter than a neurosurgeon. Um, I would tend to believe that. I think just the amount of stress in terms of income and making ends meet, I'm sure, has so much stress weighing down on anybody in the, that position uh, compared to a neurosurgeon. Obviously, not to say that a neurosurgeon's job is not stressful because you know somebody's life is in your hands, but I'm not totally surprised that a waiter just in general might have more stress, um, probably more from external factors than the actual job itself but um yeah i thought that, that was a really interesting tweet from uberfax 
going back to the NHL, so much news from the NHL. Uh, the Bruins GM Don Sweeney confirms that their goalie, uh, former goalie, Malcolm Subban, uh, PK Subban's brother, uh, was claimed on waivers by Las Vegas. And I tweeted out, how many goalies do they need? Uh, they've already drafted so many from the expansion draft, including uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, now they've got Subban as a third goalie as well. Crazy amount of goalies and defensemen that they still have as well. Um, then there was this bit of really disappointing news to me. Uh, Brian Windhorst from ESPN tweeted out, the NBA is changing the format of their All-Star game. Uh, captains will select teams regardless of their conference playground style. So basically the fans will choose the captains for each team. Uh, most likely it's going to be LeBron James and Steph Curry if we're honest about it. Um, and then they will be able to choose pretty much anybody from any conference to be on their teams. Um, which is a lot like what the NHL has been doing lately. Uh, so for me, you know, the NBA All-Star Game was one of the few All-Star Games that I still cared about. Um, I really don't care about any All-Star Games anymore. They've just kind of ruined it. Um, you know, my hope is that the ratings will force them to change. I hope that people tune out and they change it back to the classic style East versus West. Um, I'd love to see that in the NHL as well. Um, I just think that they've perverted and screwed up the idea of the All-Star Game so much that it really, really doesn't mean anything anymore, um, and that's unfortunate. Um, then there was a really interesting thing that I had no idea about, but the term Make America Great Again, and you might be surprised to find this out as well, was actually used by Bill Clinton before, and it was also used by Ronald Reagan before him. Uh, now the difference is they both used it trying to be more inclusive, trying to say like, you know, together we can make America great again. Um, but I do find it very crazy and ironic and it shows how history can repeat itself a lot of times, um, how make America great again was used by Bill Clinton and Ronald Reagan. Um, it makes you wonder, is that something that Trump's team knew about when they came up with that slogan, or, you know, is it a weird coincidence? Um, either way, it is weird, um, but definitely something that I had no idea about before. Um, then there was this weird bit of commentary from a Boston Celtics announcer that I wanted to share with you guys. So if you couldn't hear that totally, it was Tommy Henson uh, for Boston, and he was saying, I took a look at Baines in the shower and he looks like all of Australia. I don't know, <laughs> number one, why he was in the shower with that player, and number two, why he would say that on the air. Um, craziness. Um, then Billionaire Mindset tweeted out, never give up on something you really want. It's difficult to wait, but worse to regret. Very interesting uh, tweet there. Um, Darren Dreger, again, talking about the NHL season starting up, uh, Buffalo got their guy Jack Eichel signed for an eight-year contract extension, an average of about $10 million per year. Um, then Ken Rosenthal tweeting about the uh, wildcard game last night. Uh, Brian Kenny got what he wanted, Chad Green in the first inning. Uh, probably not the way that he thought it was going to happen, but it did happen. And to the Yankees' credit, their bullpen f came up and won everything for them yesterday. Um, then 
for me, uh, SmackDown Live was going on last night as well, so I was kind of watching both the Wild Card game and SmackDown Live. Uh, it's interesting to me that every time Ziggler comes out now, the crowds continue to chant CM Punk. Um, I think the crowd just wants to hear that entrance music. Uh, I don't think they really care anymore if CM Punk comes out uh, or if it's Dolph Ziggler. They just want to feel that. Um, so I thought that's pretty interesting. Um, then if you didn't see SmackDown Live, spoiler, uh, Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon actually were fighting in the concourse outside of where the fans are. Um, so WWE Creative Humor tweeted out, before Hell in a Cell, it's chaos in a concourse. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, they also tweeted out, because Shane McMahon's always wearing that vest now. Um, he said, they said, here comes Shane McMahon, world's toughest train conductor. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty good too. Um, then I was watching 205 Live right after SmackDown uh, with the cruiserweights, and I couldn't help but think, wasn't Davari on the ring apron opposed to Enzo on Raw? only to be back on his side like he was on the previous week's 205 Live. Where's the continuity? Uh, so just wondering out loud what's going on with that. Uh, Trap X Princess had the same thought. They said, yep, I was just thinking the same thing. Uh, and then there was this moment uh, where a comedian uh, actually handed Theresa May in the UK a P45 letter, which is the equivalent of a termination letter. self-confident Britain, while our opponents flirt with a foreign policy of neutrality and prepare for a run on the ground. Some people say we've spent too much time talking about Jeremy Corbyn's part. So I thought that was pretty funny too. Um, I'm not sure, and this is what's being debated now in the UK, is how could somebody like that get that close to the Prime Minister? Um, regardless, it was hilarious, um, but uh, yeah, like it was really, really crazy, really funny but disturbing situation, I think, for people of the UK, uh, but somebody actually got a hold of the prankster's P45, uh, details of the employee leaving work, reason for termination, neither strong or stable, um, and it was all filled out, uh, so pretty funny stuff there. Um, scary at the same time though. Then there was this tweet from TDE Wrestling uh, that was saying, ma'am, as it shows the woman with the cell phone basically like twerking in front of Shane McMahon as he was going down the steps. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and then just a few more brain droppings before we end this podcast. Uh, Jonathan Snowden tweeted out uh, the idea that you should compare two title reigns based entirely on quantity of defenses and not quality of opposition is wrong and weird, and I would agree. I wouldn't just limit it, limit it though to the number of defenses. I would also add to that like how long the reign is. If the reign is long but it's not against you know really good competition, then it's almost meaningless in that sense. Um, but I would agree with what Jonathan's saying there. The quality of the opponents, I think, is what should be measured um, for sports fans. Obviously, that goes into like boxing, that goes into the UFC, 
uh, wrestling isn't real, but if you'd like, you could add wrestling into that mix as well. Um, and then we'll end up end off the podcast uh, with this tweet from Uberfax. People of high intelligence are more prone to anxiety than those of moderate intelligence. Um, so again, you know, talking about mental health, um, I think that's a subject that really needs more uh, research and you know needs to be talked about more um, in public by the government, all of those things. Um, so yeah, that's it for this episode. I want to thank you guys for watching and listening. Um, be sure to check us out on the next episode.